Welcome to the Bear Tiger podcast, episode 10. We've gotten this far. Double figures. We've got four of us in the booth today. Say in the booth. My place. Josh White, how are you? Good, mate. All goods. Mark Raven. Yep, here. Very well. Here he is. Here he is. And he's back, James Slate. He's had a stressful week, but he's here now. He forgot the memory card, but he's back. Here to do good things. Here we go. What's everyone been up to? Start with Mark. What have you been up to, mate? Uh, so last week I spent a couple of days at Brockett Hall. I think we spoke about that on the Monday last week. Young lad Alex Wells was playing there. Did really well, actually, in the Faldo series. He was in the final group for his age category. And yeah, he, I think he finished tied fifth in the end. But it was a good showing from a guy that really hadn't been in that position before. So yeah, that was that was good to see. And again, I just have to say the standard of these kids, these 15-year-olds, are, it's just incredible, the golf they're playing. So yeah, I was there, did a couple of other bits with some of my other clients in the golf world. And so yeah, pretty busy. It was not, nice to be back in in the golf sort of environment again the last couple of months, as we all know, has been uh, pretty stressful. But yeah, no, it's a good week. Yeah, it's getting there now, isn't it? Yeah. He's almost fully back in he raves, typically in like in a sports car as well. It's like, <laughs> it's like the old raves is breaking out. He's never gone anywhere. <laughs> He's always been there, never just lurking, lurking. James, tell us about what oh. you've been up to. James yeah. has kind of taken over from my position, hasn't he? <laughs> he stepped into my One shoes. Renault finish, next one over to you, son. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, house renovations, um, lurgies, moving from house to house, missing out on golf trips that I spent a year organising. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a good week, but got a lot done, getting ready for Vegas, getting ready for launch. It's all happening. Well, you've alluded to it there. He's organised a golf trip for my, um, for my 40th. It's been going on for yeah about a year. He's done did all the all the tournament director stuff right and right through to the, the travel plans and the hotel and everything. And then got everyone together. Had meet, team meetings. We had uh, an evening where we um, there were twelve of us went away. We met up and picked the teams. Did all that and then <laughs> he pulls out two days before. Doesn't come and still taking phone calls whilst you're on tour as well. Oh, someone's left this thing here or no one's settled a tab. Can you pay that? Or, you know, uh, do you know where this person is? It's like, what, what is going on here? You but, didn't yeah. pay it though, did you? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, so thanks for organising the trip. The trip was to Old Head. We had a three-day tournament of all my, um, lot of my old, oldest best mates. James removed himself, but he's still, he's still one of my best mates. Uh, my dad came along, which was great. And Josh White, you joined us. What do you think of it? Oh, I thought Old Head was just amazing. It literally was unbelievable. Like on the Palencia, when you're going out there, or every single hole, you just look, you was going along the coast. And if you just look down, it was just like a massive drop, wasn't it? Uh, it was sometimes I was standing on tees and I was like, this, I feel a little bit uneasy here. <laughs> Jason Day's struggle, would he? It was, yeah, it it was so uh, many dramatic tee shots. Like when you go to Pebble Beach, you get like the six holes along the along the coast and, they're, and they're, they just have that wow factor. And they're quite nice holes, but like the main thing is it's just like what an amazing view and you get a bit distracted by everything other than the golf course. And it just seems like old head, that's every single hole, every yeah. par three seems to be on a cliff. Yeah, but it's not samey, is it? It's like, you know, when you play a golf course, you know it's a good golf course when you look back and you can remember every single hole. Mm. Like even though they were all on the coast, they were all different. But yeah, it was good. But I don't feel it as if it played completely linksy. It wasn't like the big undulations around the humps and bumps around the greens rolling off into pot bunkers and that sort of stuff. It was yeah, a bit of a mixture of it. didn't it. really have like pot bunkery no. sort of vibe to it, did it? No. But I like that. 
Yeah, but the, but there was quite a few holes. The ones that the, the few that weren't in the cliff were kind of in dunes. Yeah, like up by the green and so forth. But yeah, they didn't have the like the riveted face no. bunker look to it. But it definitely felt linksy when that when that wind blew. That's for sure. I was going to ask you what the weather was like. Yeah, the weather was good. Like we we I think we lucked out because I've heard all sorts of stories of like just having nightmare weather really and it, it being blown off the course. But we didn't have that. We probably had we had one afternoon where it got windy. And it rained for a, a little bit, but other than that, it was kind of t-shirt and shorts weather, which was brilliant. We had three rounds. I was captain of one team. James Heath uh, was captain of the other team. So it was six players. So it was obviously three points on offer. Team Scotland was trailing going into the last round because they did play very well, to be fair. But we were able to somehow grab a grab a half from them, which was very very pleasing because they had a lot of talent on, on their team. The one match for me, we had the middle day. We played the forward tees the first day. And then the second day, we thought, well, half the golfers are, you know, really good players. And then well, everyone was a really good player, to be fair. But we had a few a few pros, a few plus handicappers. Then we had some, you know, like my dad and, and JLT who, you know, don't want to go and be beaten up for five hours and play a 7,300-yard golf course hitting over cliffs. So they wanted to play forward. So the first day, we all played forward. Then the second day, we wanted, a few of us wanted to go to the back tee. So it was quite nice for us because Josh, myself, Adam G, James Heath, we go to a lot of really amazing places, a lot of amazing courses on pro-ams. And you're there with your mates, but you're not playing with your mates. You're always like, you know, you've got a team there, which is nice. But sometimes you think, oh, I'd like to just play alongside Josh or play alongside James on this course. So the second day we had a we had a pros group, we went right back to the back tees and it was just, it was a different... Different beast. Different beast from those back tees. And that was, that was good because Adam G and I... You know, Adam doesn't play full time anymore, but you know he's had his card a couple of times in the past. Gritty player, probably plays the least out of all four of us. Played against Josh and James, who some, both hit it absolutely miles. Some group that G Man's got this driver, which it feels like it's from like 1986. <laughs> it's got like loads of loft on it. It's short and it's whippy, and it's like a two wood. Just and these balls just going up, big high cuts up into the wind, and you just couldn't get it out there, but. We just ground it out. I think we were down. We were like three down early. These two, you know, ballers just, you know, blonde bombers just bombing it like. Blonde bombers. You know, like they do miles down the holes. But we, we just stuck in. We did, and we knew that from the beginning. We were like, right, we can't, we're not going to be able to take them down just with ease. And uh, we'd stuck in and we, we grinded it out and we got half out of them. And there was a moment on the last green where Heath had about, he had a lovely shot into about six, eight feet for his birdie. It was all a bit tense, and that was to win the match. And as it slid, slid by, G just let out a massive yes <laughs> as it missed. But it was all in good jest, and um, yeah, it was, and that was a really, really pleasing half for us. So I've never had a half that's felt like a loss as much as that one. I felt I played so well that day because that was the day when the weather was. It took a little bit of a turn with the wind that was at its strongest, and we had them couple of dodgy holes, and. Um, yeah, that was... Yeah, it's just what we do. You know, eight, uh, 17, Josh knocked it on the green in two. I had it way left. My three were trying to go for the green in two, way left up, and up into the Jumanji. We were one down thinking, oh, that's going to be it. We're going to lose. Uh, we're going to lose two and one. And in that real golf way, I chipped it down to 15 feet, E3 putts, I knock it in, and all of a sudden we're all square. Yeah. Just <laughs> such a same thing just, to do. It just happens, and it? Just, that's just golf for you. <laughs> but we also had a, um, a little swindle that day, didn't we? The overall... I can't remember that. No, you don't. No, I don't remember that. It was all yeah. about the big game. Don't worry about that. Yeah. Don't worry about that. Sit the money, boy. <laughs> anyway, moving on from that. <laughs> so 
Big things happened this week. The PJ Tour FedEx Finals at Eastlake. What a finish to the season. It was absolutely um, brilliant. Unbelievable. I was I sent a tweet out yesterday, um, Rory winning live money. Who'd have wrote it? It was just incredible. I mean, it was it was so gripping as well. And I think with everything that's gone on, just to sort of bring that back, I think most people who, you know, the golf pervert, they just want to see a better brand of golf. They just want golf to find its place where it's super entertaining and enjoyable to watch. And I thought that was the epitome of really, really classy golf. There was just, there was good players everywhere just having highs and lows consistently throughout the round. But that is the thing, isn't it? Is having the best players in the world playing against each other. Mm. That's what makes a good event for me. And if they can get that more often, just playing against each other on a few events, and I feel as if that's the that's the recipe. I think. <sighs> yeah, yeah, but he that's, just that's he, the bit where that's yeah. the bit where the lives kind of pulled it apart. That's what we wanted for ages, yeah. and that just pulls the players, the best players, further away away from each other. But the PGA Tour did do a really amazing job this week. We had top thirty, so you got thirty guys going in there, you know, who have all been good all year, and you got all that, all those top players, so. Yeah, even the guys down the back of the field, like, you know, you've got like Takala, not Tringali. Triangle. Triangle. <laughs> you know, he's, he's got in there. and he's got his own little story, but, you know, he's still, he's a he's a face you recognise because you've watched him and you watched his journey of how he's got to the top 30, which is a massive deal. But then beyond that, you know, I don't think we didn't miss any other players. I think, you know, to have, I mean, Jay Monaghan and the PGA Tour would have been absolutely loving having the world number one and the biggest drawing goal for Rory McIlroy heading out on the last round. And I mean, just to fast forward to that last group into that last round, having a six stroke lead that Scheffler had after having to go back and finishing his third round on that last day, went out in the morning, birdied four of the last six to put himself way ahead of Xander Toffler and Rory thinking oh, that's it done. But if there's one person that you don't want to be six ahead of playing alongside in the world of golf at the moment because we know Tiger's out. It's got to be Rory. And he's got history, isn't he, doing that previously. I mean, he came from about eight back at Wentworth and won in the final round. So he can he can draw people in. And but I that's thought... That's what he does. He always has the low rounds, doesn't he? But to like... For, well, he did. Scottish Sheffers, they're thinking, oh, I'll take anybody else right now, just not this geezer. Now, what the mentality of that, he would have been a little bit scared there. Oh, well, he, he nearly nicked it from him at the Masters, didn't he, earlier on in the year? Yeah. I mean, it was one back. Some of the graphics, though, that they were doing yesterday on the PGA coverage, I thought was great. You know, did you see that linear graph they did, Scheffler and Rory? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you could tell that Scheffler's game was sort of somewhat trending down a little bit. And not to take it away from Rory, he played himself into it in the third round, shooting seven under, because mm. he was flying up until the, the break and then came out straight from the break and had a couple of birds. He said in his interview with Henny, he was like, you know, she, he still thought his best golf was to come. So... I don't know what his problem is with the first hole that week, but every other hole he seemed to have on yeah, the I mean, string. We, we sat in the clubhouse at uh, Old Head, didn't we, Josh, and watched watched that first hole unfold for Rory McIlroy yeah. making that making a complete hash of it. We was like, he's done. Like, we thought uh, he's like ruined it straight away because obviously he wanged it OB first shot. So he's like... Port Rush all over again. Yeah, and then he bogeyed, he bogeyed the second, right? Yeah, that's right. Four over off two holes. That's some mental strength to come yeah. back from that. And also, it comes back to like the, the weather was bad on that first. It was raining. And the true Roy style, whenever it's bad weather, he just does he just does these things just off the planet. And, but when the weather got better and now it's soft and he's still carrying it 320 with his driver, you know, it was just completely played into his hands after that. And he just whew, played some unbelievable golf. So I didn't notice, but the weather didn't get so bad that later on in the week they had preferred lies did they because they had preferred I saw they were marking their ball in Switzerland which come on to in a bit but 
Because Rory, I don't know if you noticed in the final round, he got two heinous mud balls. I mean, they were like, because when he was hitting that five wood, like doing, hitting like 285, 295 woods, like up into orbit, they were like standing there, plug mark, weren't they? Yeah. And he had one shot from like 140, which had a crater on it. And I don't know how he managed to hit it still to like 10 or 12 feet, but yeah. It's it's a bit of his ball fly, isn't it? Because he hits that moon ball with his driver. It just comes in from such a height. Yeah, I think you're more likely to get a bit of a mud ball than someone that hits Definitely. it a little bit lower. I didn't, yeah, I didn't see anyone else get them, but he had two horrid ones that you could tell from watching the coverage. But. It was strange that it didn't do preferred lights. So it just seemed like there was mud balls everywhere. And that's normally, that would be the reason they have the preferred lights. That was really kind of strange. Yeah. It didn't change Didn't change that up. How good is Im, by the way? Yeah. I, I mean, he made that whole thing way more interesting. I mean, it, it, obviously, it's great to see Scheffler and... Um, and Rory at it, but Im was right there. Those oh. last five or six holes were really, really tense. Like, and he he was absolutely gutted about that chip shot he hit yeah. on eighteen, wasn't mm. he? You could see in his face. He, he played was, so well. Yeah, he had that double, didn't he? he hit them two bad chip shots. Yeah, and then the par three shot afterwards. On <laughs> that was a filth. Yeah, just he had seventeen great holes. Really, just he was metronomic. Really, wasn't he? Yeah. So that one double bogey, but. I mean, his golf swing is just so like, just looks like nothing can really go wrong. You know, he's got such a lovely, he's got a funny pace to it, but the way that he transitions, he's just, just hitting good shot after good shot. I feel like it's sped up a little bit, the backswing, because it's been really slow, doesn't it? Did it? When I was watching yeah. it yesterday, I was like, ah, looks he, he looks like normal. said he's got quite a lot of, if he wants it, he looks like he's got a lot of speed left. He, because he, he, looks, he looks like he curves it like a yard, doesn't he, with the driver. It just, it's just on a rope. But he, there was one hole that all of a sudden he's just popped up from like 172 and just goes bang, bang 178. You're like, wow, where's that cover? He just, he just has, I feel like he's got like six mile an hour in there if he wants it. Yeah, he's quite a player. I actually felt a bit bad for him. We were doing the, I was doing the commentary last night and the uh, our show is sometimes produced from France and they kept going, taking the breaks as he was playing. So they would watch Rory and Scheffler play and then it would, you know, they would come through in the, in the cans and the earpiece like, right, we're going to break. As I go to break, they would show him shot. So down the last three holes, they did basically didn't see him hit a shot. And he had a chip on 18 when we were in the break thinking, if he chips this in, he's going to go to 2200 and go one ahead. And they're not even going to see it. They, they didn't see a tee shot, didn't see his approach shot, didn't see his chip shot. Felt pretty uh, bad for him. The uh, Brad Faxon was doing a bit of um, commentary on he's the... Doing a bit. Yeah, he was doing a bit, doing a bit of boy on um, Sky. And he said what you said last week in the podcast about him hitting it a bit high... In the uh, high up the ball, Rory, the putter, yeah, the putter. So that they worked on that a little bit, wanting to it a little bit higher in the face, and obviously he putted very well, didn't he? So oh, yeah, the putty hold on fifteen was that must have absolutely deaded off Scheffler. Yeah, that was a hammer blow. <sighs> that was like some massive anaconda across the green, downhill, left to right. I mean, straight in the middle, like and the crowd. I mean, I was shocked actually. Like you know, Scheffler, American, world number one. I mean, this is probably one of the things I've not got with him because I think off the course, he's got a, such a lovely persona around him, but he isn't celebrated like number ones kind of normally are. But I guess we've been, you know, we've seen that with Tiger, just the kind of roar that he gets. It's all but Rory, Rory, Rory. North, guy from Northern Ireland over in the States and like everyone is just like the Rory chants were just electric. I mean, the atmosphere sounded phenomenal. Yeah, they love the Irish, don't they? Everyone loves the Irish, don't they? The, 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 the Americans, you know, almost every American you meet, Tries to tell you how they have some sort of Irish in them. <laughs> Somewhere along the line. Yeah, he's such a popular player, isn't he? And that's why he's the biggest draw. And he just has, you know, it's hard to really pinpoint why why he's so fun to watch. 
but there's just so many different things. He has a nice golf swing. He hits, he plays a brand of golf that everyone loves. Kind of bounces down the fairway, doesn't he? And he can he can chuck loads of birdies at it. Very open with the media for Very, the most yeah. part. I think he's got better with the media though, even yeah. like, as he's kind of got older and matured a bit. I think he's even, you know, you can just tell of his uh, you know, the language that he uses. I think he's always been. I think he's always been good with the media because yeah. more from the point that he always just tells the truth, mm. yeah. and he's almost happy to tell the truth and apologise later rather than maybe give a contrived answer. And he does, yeah. you know, he's done that quite a few times, which I think just comes across really well. It makes yeah. him really likable. He's just got that kind of tiny element of like you know being jovial though with it now as well. You know, he's just you have a bit of a joke with him, and I think you're absolutely right. He's he's really really comfortable telling them about. You know, the fact that like St. Andrews still really, really hurts him. So this helps just um, blow the froth off it a little bit. But, you know, I think that's great that you can just show that sort of insecure side about it as well. Blow the froth off. <laughs> and I think because of that, I'm definitely emotionally invested in Rory when he's playing in things like this. Whereas, on a, I'll be honest with you, uh, I wouldn't... I'm it Sounds like you're pretty emotionally invested in Sung Jae-in. Well, oh, I'm getting yeah, there. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, but no, I definitely watch Rory and, and I'm invested in what he's doing at that moment in time, especially if he's going for the win. Like I'm engaged with that, whereas it would just be not fodder, but in the background <laughs> and anyone else, you know, like I'm just watching it because I'm interested in golf and who wins. But with Rory, I'm really like, you know, like 50. Look, when he bogeys 14, but then he hammer blow putts on 15, like I'm into it. I'm invested. Like I, I'm... I'm yeah, so, but I don't get that with anyone else. He takes it's, on that roller coaster, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, and I think it's because he lets you in with the interviews, because he's open everywhere else, because he, like, all the other bits that you've mentioned. And, you know, there aren't many guys out there that are doing that, the whole shot, you know. No, and just to rewind for the whole round, really, to, to say, right, you're six back, and then you bogey the first. You'd think, oh, it's over. But somehow, like, these stories in golf just don't play out how you think they're going to play out. The amount of times, you know, when... Josh would know, you, you tee off late in a tournament and someone shot like, say, seven or eight under in the morning wave and you're thinking, oh, they must play great golf there. And it kind of puts pressure on you and you think, oh, I've got to play this perfect brand of golf all day. And then, you know, you maybe make an early bogey and you think, oh, sod this, like, it's not going to happen. And then you come in later on and you chat to that person who shot like eight under par and they go, oh, I was a bit lucky, really. I chipped in and one oh and hit, hit it in the trees and one oh and it kicked out. And you think, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I didn't know it was going to go that way. Yeah. And you know, just how even how that played out that he made a triple on the first in the first round, and then he then he was six back and bogeys the first in the last round. You know, just when you watch like Xander Schauffele, it just looked like he had you know, had the weight the weight of the world on his shoulders playing that last round, and just couldn't make quite make it happen. But Rory doesn't seem to play golf with the weight of the world on his shoulders. He seems to just go out and just have at it for eighteen holes, knowing at some point he's going to do something amazing. He believes that. What a great place to be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. His wedge play was good again, though, wasn't it? Yeah, that's been a, such a massive turning point for Rory. Yeah. Every every time he has a wedge in his hand now, it just looks like he's going to hit it close. It's pin high. Yeah. I think that was it. He always kind of got it online, but it was always the distance control for me. Because he hit one or two to, uh, I say one or two, he hit one shot, went to about 15 feet of a wedge, and he looked genuinely pissed off. Yeah. And I think a year ago, he would have been quietly like, oh, I'll take that. Whereas now he's just hitting sawn off shots and highs and lows, but it it looks shallower now. Like he had a wedge shot late on yesterday, uh, 17. Um, and he just didn't take that massive divot that we've seen in the past. Cause he used to have, he used to say that when he was under pressure with an iron shot, cause he goes get underneath it a little bit. So his swing thought was like, just to like bury the ball into the ground. So he would just like try and just smash down as hard as he could. 
which gets that shot, which gets it every now and again, de-lofted, and the ball just like just fucks off over the green. He did that with that bunker oh, shot, God, didn't he? Yeah. That wedge out the bunker went like 175. And by the way, the purest club twirl you've ever seen, like the minute he launches that, he's the club twirl. I've got a head's gone on Rory there though, because he seems to club twirl at all the wrong moments. <laughs> like he club twirls on the range, that's categorically unacceptable. You don't do that. Tell him. Right? And I will. Yeah, it's fine. Look, Rory, if you're going to club twirl, just get rid of that and skip. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> get a skip. James Hope, skip. Yeah. But, that yeah, will trend. I'm glad um, you brought that up because I wrote them in my notes and I'm not looking at them, but that I, I referenced that at the time. I was like, oh my God, that is the purest club 12 for uh, something that's airmailed the green by 40 yards. In a, yeah, uh, and if that's not if, if that's not taken the, uh, an American out, that's dead. It, oh, yeah. Because that's, hit, that's, that's hit a bloke like mid-chest plate. Maybe just, he's just <laughs> really impressed about how far he can hit it out of a bunker. Maybe but that's what it's called. <laughs> nothing to do with the target. Look how far can it take on? But it wasn't. It was. A re- it, it was <laughs> genuinely a re- reaction of like, oh, pure. You, yeah. you didn't. You didn't look in his eyes like he was worried or mm-hmm. or fucked off. It just maybe I got a wrong yardage. Yeah, maybe, possibly. Maybe. Yeah, possibly. Harry's fault. <laughs> Tell you what, old Harry Diamond, he's done all right there. Eighteen oh. mil. I wonder if he's getting his ten percent out of that. <laughs> I think yeah, he's doing all right, isn't he? Do you think the top, the top boys are on a percentage? Or do you think they just get a wage? Yeah, they'll get some sort of a bonus. They, they'll be salaried. Yeah. Yeah, he'll get a sal- I would imagine he'll get a salary rather than a weekly yeah. weekly wage. But, you know, he's travelling on Rory's jet and he ain't paying for no rooms is he? everywhere he goes. <laughs> he can take dinners. Well, actually, funny you say that because last night he wasn't because Rory was staying and he was like, they had a, a moment at the end where it was like a player caddy interview, one of the PGA Tour shorts. Right. And um, it was a... Uh, Oh, well done, mate. You did great this week. I'll give you a call tomorrow. He's like, yeah, I'm going to get out of here. And Harry just kind of... just he Got rolled, his own jet. He, yeah. <laughs> more, more than likely. He, he rolls out and uh, Rory's like, yeah, we'll just, we'll have a chat in the morning, bro. You know, it was like a, you know, a real relationship. But I think we mentioned in previous pods about whether going to a friend or, or having, you know, a real technician on the bag, like which one would it work? And Mark's probably got a better opinion than not, but... They, I mean, if you're looking at his season, Rory, I mean, it, it's really, really quite impressive. I mean, he's top 10 in all majors. You know, he's had, I think he's had eight top... T- 10 top 10s out of 16 events. <laughs> That's fire, isn't it? Um, <clears throat> he's won three times this year, I think. Uh, I thought it was twice. Um, won, or he, he may have won, he won maybe early, but in last year. Okay. Like part of this maybe r- it's season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, so uh, just um, I was so gutted with St Andrews. I just I wanted it to be his fault. I was so desperate for him to win the major, and obviously you couldn't take anything away from Cameron Smith that week. But yeah, we can. Um, He's going to live. We can take everything we want from him. I'm just, He'll uh, be all right. I'm so glad Rory's gone and gone and won that again. He just, I just feel like he his game deserves to really be celebrated amongst the best ever. You know, he's just got everything. He's so impressive with driver. The best ever. That's a big call. And he, he now... Well, amongst, amongst. He now holds... That's the first thing he holds over Tiger yeah. record-wise, isn't it? Three FedEx Cups versus his two. He's won three think, of 16, which yeah. is pretty impressive. But I think that's the only record he holds over Tiger, mm. over has it, historically. Was, has it been around long enough for Tiger to win that many sort of thing, you know? Has he played more than Tiger? I think he would have done, yeah. Was Tiger's one too? What, it's been 15 years, 16 years, the FedEx? Oh, six. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Rory he would turn pro the next year, wouldn't he? Yeah, so he may possibly play one or two more than Tiger. Yeah, maybe. You'd like to think that if Tiger was, if, you know, this, if Tiger was fit that whole time, he'd still be winning now, wouldn't he? Yeah. Would have won about 10 in a row. Is he, did he have any digs back at uh, Norman? 
Nah, I think he's probably no. gone a bit quiet on that because Greg Norman did actually drop drop one on him, didn't he? Yeah. Last week about, you know, come back to me when you've been world number one for like the, have, what was yeah. it, 300? 300 cent weeks or something. Yeah. It was a little reminder, like, well done for your 21 yeah. PJ Tour events, but I was world number one for 32 now. A weeks. It's just, you know, you do forget, you do forget how good some of these players were, you know, and, that's, and you know, and as good as, on your point there, as good as Rory is, you know, the players in the past, you know, from Tiger, but then back to Jack and Greg Norman, and Nick Fowler, these guys, they dominated for so long. And and Rory's, he's in the midst of that. He's, you know, he's he's in the, kind of in the middle of his career, isn't he? And he is showing that, but he's still, there, there is an element of time in golf, which makes you a great golfer, not just the, not as good as you can play. Yeah, I think Tiger's um, Tiger's capped that thing off though. You know, with his what six hundred and seventy weeks at world number one. I just don't. You reckon he's got that? Yeah. I just, <laughs> I just don't. You know, with Norman doing it, and you know, Luke Donald had a long stint back in the day. I just, I think the game is so competitive now. It's just impossible to have a run like that. Scheffler's been world number one. Is 20. it? Is it because that competitive, or is it just because Tiger was that good? Because I think Tiger and oh, no, Pop would I, still be, yeah, would still be the world number one now. And, and how long would a Jack been number one for when if they had a ranking system then? Because I heard a stat yesterday on him that I didn't actually know. He obviously won eighteen majors. He had nineteen seconds. Mm. That is filth. What a yeah. waste! What a waste! <laughs> Livid. Obviously, he wasn't a closer. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, um, so I mean, how many weeks would he have done uh, at world number one? You know, you don't, you, you don't know. So yeah, no. Obviously, Tiger was. Just, I still believe the best ever, but I, I think the game's just different. I just think there's talent everywhere, isn't there? You know, where. But there was talent then, you know, Ernie Els, you know, like that, uh, Phil Mickelson. It wasn't as if Tiger was out there playing against a bunch of part timers. You know, these guys, VJ Singh, David DeVal. I'm not talking you know, about Tiger specifically. It's more about Greg's point. I yeah, was well, like through three. that, through, through, you know, there's, because we always think now is the most competitive time, but there was so much com- competition at each time. Like when, when Greg was coming through, you know, Bernard Langer, Ian Woosnam, Andy Lyle. Now they're just European names. There were just there were just so many good players for all those times, and, and it just shows how good Greg was. So dominant, like so dominant through that stage. But he's so, had three hundred you know, weeks at world number one. Rory. He's he's had three hundred weeks at world number one. He's won less majors than Rory and less PGA Tour titles. The, the math doesn't add up to me. So because there's there's so many players now in in the game who are in the middle of their career that have won more majors than Greg Norman. So I just believe just that, the, the consistency. Because you could argue that it's like Rory Rory's not consistent. Like he's, he had a he had a patch of majors, but like that was in a very quick mm. succession, really. And since you know, it's been what an eight year drought of majors, you know, and, and essentially that does it's majors and one number one. That's what equates to someone being a, a great player. And Rory hasn't had that consistency. As good as he is, he's still not, and he he could hit that, but he doesn't. He's not maximised his talent. No, we know I, that he is the best. I when was going to say that's what kind of makes him that interesting because you next year he could win. You wouldn't put it past him winning all four majors. Mm. Like he's got the potential to do that. There's not a lot of players that could do that, but I feel like he he really could. Yeah, I mean, Scotty Chef has been an interesting one, hasn't he? I, it, I guess get the feeling like it just doesn't seem like a world number one. No. But he's been there for it's, a long time, and no one's going to knock him understated, off. Understated, isn't he? Do you, Josh and Zane, you guys are swing coaches. Do you think long term his move has injuries around it with that? Big, big, no, big no. back foot move. No, because he no. gets out of the way. His body gets he moves. out of the way. Yeah, there's, no, there's no resistance, is there? No, exactly. Oh, it looks free. You know, he just lets it happen. Mm. Yeah, it's, like, it's quite a tiny move. He doesn't get his body in any sort of weird positions that he shouldn't do. Because it's actually weird when they were down the driving range. You know, you get that kind of 
angle from almost like four o'clock where it looks down down that side there. He's he's actually oh, one second, I've got to get this right. His P eight through to P twelve actually <laughs> looks really classical. What's P twelve? Goes to P ten. Yeah, but like, I mean from from impact through to follow through. Right. Yeah. It actually looks seven, like a fairly seven, classic move. Eight, yeah. Nine, yeah. Ten. Well yeah, 10's not classical, is it? But seven, eight, nine through the ball is very good, isn't he? He does get onto it, which is why, you know, why, why he's such a good player. It all looks kind of, it looks kind of messy around it because he said about the footwork and he has like some crazy follow-throughs. But when he's doing all his leaning and that sort of stuff, they're not terrible shots, which means to me, he's like replaying the game. He's not playing goal swing. He's playing like get the club face pointed where I need it to point at the right time so the ball goes where it's going to go. And he really, I think he plays the game more than anybody. When you start talking about rhythm, everyone thinks good rhythm is when things look quiet and stuff like that, like Richard Mansell or someone like that. Whereas he, even though he's got a lot going on, his rhythm repeats. Mm. And it, so I would say that's, he's actually got a nice rhythm to his swing. I'd say one thing, even though we've kind of, you know, he's been uh, unfortunate yesterday to not get over the line and clearly was struggling. I thought his short game was unbelievable yesterday. He hit some yeah. chip shots from some muck lies that really- were just, Dead. He kept himself in it for as long as possible, didn't he? In the end, obviously, it's not worked out. But yeah, he did. He was some of the short game shots he played were. He probably only hit nine greens. Yeah. Oh, Wait, yeah. How many fairways did he hit? Probably only hit two fairways, three fairways. Yeah, I think he hit uh, 17, didn't he? And, and 18, actually. I think he probably got up to about six or seven fairways with, with hitting the last two. What was that? They didn't really reference it on the comms that I was watching. What was that putt worth for him on the last, that five-footer? Because for me, I think that that would have dropped him to solo third. About three million dollars. Yeah, no one referenced it. I thought, hang on a minute, this is this is a pretty big. Funny that, isn't it? Because you're thinking he's in a funny way. He's probably thinking, look at the what eleven and a half, essentially by not winning. Yeah, you know, he's probably thinking, oh, you know, in the back of his head, eighteen and a half million. I can go and get one of those. (laughs) Yeah, buy that. I can buy that. Buy that. And then you know, two hours later, you're thinking, oh, maybe I won't buy one of those. I'll downgrade that. You know, you know it probably, in a, it's a funny thing in professional golf. Like in that position, you're probably thinking he's lost it. But essentially, all those players, none of them are actually thinking about that money on the golf course when they're playing. When he's putting, he's not thinking, oh, this could cost me five million. He's just thinking, this is right lip. But yeah, it does bring the drama into the viewing, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, They'd referenced it for everyone else, bar that. that it was and, quite and, good, that, wasn't it? What they started the week on and what yeah. they closed out and stuff. Because yeah. I and think I, Fitzy picked up like $4 million. He grew... He started yeah. at what, like 1.8, didn't he? And he yeah. finished at like 4.5. That was a good graphic, 5. I have to say. Oh, that was engaging. That's know, to- when it would be good to have the whoop or whatever it is, the heart rate thing, because then you would really know if they're thinking about it on 18. They've dashed that, haven't they? they, they that used to be a prominent thing and it's it's not been around for a while now. I think some of the players have still got it. And I see Billy Horshaw, he wears it around oh, his that- bicep, doesn't he? Yeah. He wears it quite high up. Yeah. yeah be- Anyone here whooping? No. I, no. W- I was whooping, but it stopped working, so I, I really should put it back on. Mine stopped working still, after three I'm days. St- I'm what? still subscribed. So. Why did it stop working? I, I don't know whether it was a blue... T- uh, they sent me two or three different units out. It was the 4.01, yeah. and it kept on uh, getting the sleep wrong. So it would, I'd wake up after six or seven hours sleep, and it would say I had two. And I, so I sent an email, sent another one out, same problem. I don't know whether it was a Bluetooth issue or... I should probably try again, but um, I probably, to be honest, I didn't want to know what the last three months of my sleep had. <laughs> but yeah, I will try again because it is a really it is a really good tool. I will just say before we probably go off the FedEx stuff, you've got to feel for Will Zalatoris because we spoke about him in the last pod. 
saying how he had to walk off and hopefully he'd be okay, give it a couple of days rest. And it was probably a good idea, but turns out two herniated discs. And yeah. for someone who's played so well over that course of the year and really put himself in a, a strong position for the FedEx, that must be a pretty bitter pill to swallow. Um, for him, so I, I feel bad that he didn't get get a chance to get in amongst it. I wonder what his um, insurance payout would be for not playing that. Oh God! <laughs> well, I remember they, listening. They wouldn't have been happy to get that call, would they? I remember listening to the pod last week, and um, and you guys were talking about Will, and I don't know if the news was out at that point that um, that you were recording when how severe the injury was. No, and there was it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, there was thoughts around. You know, hopefully you can just like you know the sensible thing, get yourself off the course and still give yourself a fighting chance next week. But oh, a couple of you mentioned about the way in which he goes at the ball and he just hits it so hard. There is the potential concerns over injuries in there and two herniated discs. That's pretty. I yeah. mean, that's a pretty big injury. That yeah. there's there's a load of talk with his setup, and I went through the same change in my setup. It's it's the anterior tilt that you get in your, in your pelvis, which gives you that curve in the, in the, in your lower spine and then how hard he goes at it with that, then yeah, a bit more of a relaxed posture. I would go with tucking that pelvis under a little bit and I'm going to go too uh, technical on that, but I think that's the way to go for him. Yeah. It kind of looks athletic, doesn't it? But it's not a, as, as a start position, but you'll see something like Adam Scott, he, he changed his setup over the years to kind of round off his posture a little bit and soften it down just a touch and you know he, he you know these are guys that you know Tiger was kind of similar you know old school players like Greg Norman and uh, Colin Montgomery for instance they they all did that and they all played injury free and yet you got some of the you know this, the straight back bum out bend your knees which you know would have been some terrible information that had been spat out to a lot of people when they start golf you know that's ended up in injury and you do and when he does hit it you do think oh, he put his body through some yeah. some issues there and you think oh, I wonder if that will last and it hasn't lasted because he's a young man. He's had the, you know, essentially it's cost him a big opportunity in his own, you know, kind of golfing career, you know, cost him money as well. Um, so I'm sure that'd be something he'll have to look at, you know, coaches and, and people around him will take the glory, but you know, have some serious conversations now and like, we can't let this happen again. So hopefully he'll be, he'll get that worked out and he'll be all good. Real shame for him not to be there, but we did get a really a re- amazing spectacle as it came down to the end, it was just, you know, I think, I think the golfing world probably needed Rory to kind of, kind of win that with everything that's gone on. And it just like, I don't know, you can't better that. Like the PJ tour, the whole season coming down to one shot like that, you know, across all the, all the real golf that's gone on. I just thought it was, was absolutely the business, but yeah, so well done to Rory. That was, um, thank you very much for entertaining us for on a Sunday night. I was, uh, I was pretty tired after our old, old head trip. So we kind of needed, a bit of adrenaline from Rory there to get us through the commentary on the late on Sunday night. And then the season starts again in three weeks. Amazing. You know, it just comes around so quickly, doesn't it? Is it still in Hawaii, the start? So that's where the that's where it starts in January. The Fortinet Championship is the first one. Does, does Wentworth not open their season? Because it's a co-sanctioned PGA event. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a whopping prize fund now. I mean, I think just about $10 million, so. At Wentworth? Yeah. At your club? <laughs> Are you a bit annoyed about that? I mean, to be fair, yeah, you haven't played golf enough this year, really. But, you know, it's a bit annoying, isn't it? Your course is shut. No, I don't. These keys are traipsing around it, digging it up. Probably not preparing the pitch marks. No, I, I think it's... Like some society. <laughs> Bizarrely, I think it adds to the prestige a little Didn't bit. you rate the bunkers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Harry, what are you doing? Make a um, roll on arrival. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I think it adds to the prestige a little bit because I think it's really good to be able to go and 
see how they set the course up for the tournament pros and see what they do within that week. And then you get to, you know, you get to sort of, you know, craft yourself against against the golf. Obviously slightly different because the first hole to par five for members. I mean, that, that's... It's a bit soft there, isn't it? Yeah. I think that's, that's rubbish that. I think it's just, they just have it as a four. Yeah, I mean, uh, they just they just play it from the front of the tee box and it's quite a straightforward hole, I think, you know. So, and it would be a, what, a 440-yard par four, which would be, a, I mean, it would be a really, really, really tough start then for, for members anyway. Yeah. But I think it's a tough start on tour, isn't it, really? Yeah, the, the whole golf course is a start, isn't it? Yeah, like one and three, that's a decent yeah. start. Well, two's it? tough because it's actually quite a it's actually quite yeah. a small landing area. But it's nine-nine, isn't it? It's like, yeah. that, that's the breather, isn't it, in the first three yeah. holes. You're thinking, oh, just... <laughs> Tee it up a bit more and get this one on yeah. the green. Whereas the first and the third, you can... And you know the tree if, right. If, even if you're not on the green on the first and the third, you're on the front edge, you're quite happy. And you know yeah. the tree right, they've shaved it all back. Right. So, I mean, used to when obviously on a Saturday or a Sunday, like they'd put the pin back right and yeah. you'd have to you'd have to curve it. That's um, right for you. You can just wing your big left-right drawing. Yeah. yeah. You're left-handed. Yeah. Loved it. You're a bit annoyed. Like, oh, they've, they've cut that tree down now. That's why I was getting shots back on the field. Yeah, so you know, it's it's, it's good. I, I, I'm I'm a fan of it. You know, it's only a, it's a week without golf, and you get to go to the golf course and watch some of the best players in the world play it. Like it, you know, clubhouse pass. You get, get, it, right? get over it. Yeah, for being little, a member, little plus one. You get, get your offers in. Yeah. I accept Eve for it. <laughs> <laughs> and also, you get to play Cheap. with the stands up, which is it's just really that. cool. Are you yeah. booked? Are you booked in on the Monday for that? Is no, I'm not entering the Monday. I'm still nursing this um this oh, shoulder yeah, a little bit. Yeah, so yeah. 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 That shot into 18 with a stands up, that's so it's cool, pure. isn't it? Yeah. But don't you think it frees you up? You just feel like I can wang it in the stands. Yeah, like, yeah it's easier, isn't it? Well, I did it's that. So much the, sta- the stands are up just before I played with AMAC, like, which is where my shoulder really, really went. And I did a good five with down to the apex of the corner and um, was trying to hit a big, uh, big curver in. Just wang. I had four iron in my hand. And just like, just left it left and just wanged it straight into all the geezers who were putting all the uh, all the stadiums up. It's like a free drop, cool, nice little chip, tap in for birdie. Thanks very much. Well, interesting point that. So when you played with our mate Alex, you also played with Ali from Hypesort, my manager, and uh, Dean, did you not? Dean Burmester. Yeah, we did, yeah. And uh, some really nice news, actually. Dean Burmester, I never know what you said to him that day, but he's gone on, he went to the Cornbury playoffs and got his PJ Tour card, which is um, really exciting. And he said he would come on the pod, so we get to... Now get to chat to him about that, which would be pretty cool. He had um, it's a, there's a clip on the Corn Ferry Instagram, and he's standing over his shot into the last, and the and the guy the commentator saying if he birdies the last, he gets his tour card, and it, it's a lovely wedge shot over the pin, sucks it back to inside two feet, taps it in, and he's now a PJ Tour player. Cheddar. Yeah, he's a really lovely guy, actually. I mean, very, very. I mean, very typically South African, I think, from playing with him, very, very tough on himself. Like ten, which I always find a tough par three because you got to start as a right hand, you have to start left and bleed it. Um, and that hole just all goes like that. And he hits it to eight foot and he's just like laughing at himself. I'm like, you're a joke, mate. But um, yeah, he's a really nice golfer. Lovely, lovely guy, actually. Really nice demeanour about him. And wore his Bear Tiger hat at SeaWorld. So get on that. He's now a friend of the club, which is pretty cool. So let's move across. So he played, he's been playing on the DP World Tour pretty much to this point. Had a few starts on the on the PGA Tour and has and benefited from this strategic alliance. And he's now taken that up. So we, he'll be playing a lot more in America. But the DP World Tour this week was the Amiga Masters at the famous Grand Cercier Golf Club. It's been going there for absolutely for years. I got to play there a couple of times back in the day. It's such an amazing place. Like the ball just goes, ball goes miles, and the views are just absolutely stunning. And the air seems clean and everywhere. I played one year with um, with Lee Westwood. It was 
probably 2007, 15 years ago. And we played a third round with him and uh, Gonzalo Castaño. And we're all kind of top 15, playing quite nicely. And, you know, we're going down 17, a bit of chit-chat. Everyone's quite relaxed. And I said to Lee, oh, it's a bit of a nightmare getting here because you have to fly into Geneva. And then you get a train, like a, a two or three hour train from Geneva to basically to the, the bottom of the mountain. Then you get the courtesy car and the courtesy car brings you 40 minutes up the hill. It is a bit, it's a bit of a ball ache to get to, but when you get there, it's, it's completely worth it. And we're walking down 17 and I was saying to Lee, like, oh, it's a bit of a ball ache getting there, isn't it? And he's like, no, just get the airport down the bottom of the hill. And I was thinking, walked a few more steps. I was thinking, who flies there? So I said to him, what airline goes there? And he just went, my jet. <laughs> Prick. <laughs> love that. And he had, a, he had a bit of a dick move as well, just before we move on to Crown. Did you see that? He had a bit of a dick move this week with... Uh, Eddie Pepper on Twitter. Did you get that spat? Mm, yeah, we did see that. He kind of chew, he tried to chew out John Rahm a little bit, didn't he? Mm. Yeah, Eddie was straight on him, wasn't he? Oh, fucking, he's um, he's top draw. Uh, I'd love to get booze with Eddie Pepper. That'd be insane. <laughs> you he get, just got do, you want, do you want to talk us through it? What can you remember? Do you need to look it up? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I mean, I think he. I think in his very kind of eloquent style, he's just he's just gone for his throat. Eddie, who, who Eddie he? or yeah. Lee Westwood? No, Eddie, and said, you know. With all that's happened, with you taking the cash and and sort of moving over to the to the dark side, as Zane calls it, like um, can't you just humbly just accept that people are learning about what's going on in in you know in with the evolution of all tours and just let it go a bit, and um, then then I think Lee had a swipe back at Eddie. Uh, it, it was a really I very almost missed this, you know, as if like I didn't even know you existed, sort of thing. And I'd see um, Shane Lowry put a little emoji up, didn't he, on. Um... Was that Lee Westwood's post? He put like the rolling eyes oh, or something. He? Yeah. <laughs> just right? literally, just left that, just one emoji, rolling eyes, and it just all went off. Oh, is that right? Yeah. That's pretty cool. But yeah, it was a, it's a, it's a back to the DP World Tour event. Yeah, it's a, it's a stunning venue. Have you guys, do you, anybody watch it? I watched it yeah, up, yeah, up watched to the it. playoff and I had to shoot off to get to the Discovery, but it, it was, it was some good golf. Really good. James Lake favourite was in there in the last, <laughs> Richard Mantle. He's trending in the right direction, I think. We've spoken about him a little bit this season. Tweeted he just, him. He just seems well done, to. Um, <laughs> he You're just seems to be getting going a bit, really um, well, mate. Friends. <laughs> um, he just seems to. He seems to look a bit more comfortable in that. Um, you know, in that company as well. So um, it was good to see Matt there, fellow Wentworth member, um, in the final group. Friends. And um, yeah, name dropping here. And um, yeah, no, it's, I mean, I think um, I don't know what you guys think because you played on the circuit, but. I'm a skier as well, so I I think Crowns is probably my favourite golf course on the DP World. Have you been Tour. there? I've been there when there's snow all over it. Have you? Yeah, it's like skied down like the seventh or something like. That. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, got stuck in a pot bunker, busted my ankle. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just think it's just a, a a beautiful place, and every backdrop just looks amazing. So, and, and I do find it really interesting that you know the ball goes like into orbit as well. <laughs> it's quite cool fun. Altitude. Yeah, back on Matt. Though, to be fair, I think he was very good mentally to be able to go out after losing his card on the PJ tour yeah, by 126. That is yeah, so painful. It is. Yeah. And he's obviously been struggling a little bit, mm. no momentum. And then to be able to go out and have a good last round, shoot four under, was it in the last round? Yeah. And then to lose in the playoff. I know, I know he had a very good, I know he had a bad, bad playoff hole on the, on the green there, but other than that, he's got to take a, take a lot of positives from that. Mm. Yeah, you do see that quite a bit when players go off and, playing the PGA Tour and maybe not as prominent and they'll come back to Europe and they do it's just a mental thing they just come back feeling a bit more comfortable and you know he obviously 
we know Matt works on his swing a lot and he's a very, very hard worker and somehow he's been able to just come back to Europe, probably feel a bit more comfortable and then play the type of golf that he's probably been absolutely pushing for and fighting for for the last two months, really. Yeah. He did as as, as well as Tristan Lawrence played. Over, got to see a bit in the third round and watched quite a bit the fourth round. It did look to me, it looked like Matt was going to be the winner. You know, he, he looked like he owned, owned it a bit. It didn't turn out that way, but I think it's good signs for Matt Wallace. You know, he just kind of kicks on a bit from there, really. You know, plenty to play for. You know, I feel like we've really culminated at East Lake, but you know, we've got off to Dubai, race to Dubai Championship. I mean, at one, two, six, right? He's missed his car by one, but, you know, they're talking about that there were seven players that played in the first FedEx event that are likely to leave. Tringali's already gone. So by default, will he not get a card or a status that will allow him to play no. anyway? No, doesn't no as, un, doesn't, no, as I understand it, he doesn't, bump, he doesn't bump up. He just, you finish 126, if players don't come back, you're in that actual category. It doesn't, doesn't but go up. Is he more likely to get into more events the following following year? Yeah, you think so. Yeah, the line would just so. go down. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're going to get the, the Corn Ferry playoff guys will go in between 125 and him. So it'd be a big batch of players, but still he'll he'll get his opportunities. But now is he going to be in that no man's land where he's yeah. like kind of traveling, doing the whole Atlantic travel, trying to get into small tournaments and travel over the place. But, you know, it's, it's so confusing, is it, when it's strategic alliance because there'll be, you know, like the Scottish Open, there's going to be all the sorts of mixed PJ Tour events. He'll work it out. If, if he is playing well, obviously, BMW is coming up. If he wins the BMW, that's co-sanctioned or whatever you want to call it. Does he get his PJ Tour card through that if he's a winner? Or no, I don't really. Uh, I don't, full of if it's co-sanctioned event, which I don't know, I need to check actually. If it's co-sanctioned event, yes, he would because the PJ Tour event. Right. Okay. I, I so think, I didn't um, know whether it had yeah. to be just solely because I think because or... it's called the BMW PGA Championship, but I think that's in alliance with the Professional Golfers Association, not the PGA Tours, Ed, isn't it? I think that's where some people get cut. Um, not, uh, ye, no, no. Well, yes, that, that is right. But you're saying that the PGA get like one spot in that top, in that event now. Yeah. Can't remember what wow, they, they, were like, they used to, to get loads, 15 like, or so. Yeah, yeah, they get one, you know, it's almost there just for the name now. It's, it's not really a PGA event at all. It's called the Power A Championship or something, wasn't it? I think it was called. Was it? Yeah, but the PGA used to play for. Get on that. Power A been going that long. Yeah. Trying to find some schedule here. But yeah, if it's co sanctioned, yes. Yeah, okay. So it's, it's yeah, as you say, that. he's got, there's loads of opportunities coming up. Yeah, he, he'll get plenty of golf. And, he, and it comes back to the old thing, doesn't it? Like, Keep playing well. Yeah. Keep playing well. Climb up the world rankings. Get himself in the bigger tournaments, and that that is your route, really, isn't it? Getting the WGCs and so forth. And he, he's obviously very good on momentum. He's won probably six or seven times on a spin. I think it was to get yeah. his actual card. So yeah. he obviously yeah. keeps it going. Yeah, he can, he can really play. And Tristan Lawrence, we haven't really chatted about him. He was the winner. Josh and I would have met him a few years ago when he played a bit on the Mina Golf Tour yeah. when he was a young South African. He's bolted up now, still rips it. And yeah, amazing win for the young lad. So it'd be interesting to see how he presses on. You know, he's got a lot of game. Sorry, Richard Mansell couldn't win, but I think it does seem like Richard Mansell's win is on its way. Yeah, it just looks like it looks like he's got a really good demeanour. Like he absolutely sends it. I, I mean, it's nothing different to what we said before. It's just you know, just because he was um, very much uh, alongside Todd um, when we followed him fairly closely. Todd's good mates of him, really, which is how we got to meet Richard. He went for the Euro Pro Tour. He had a really good year in COVID where um, he got his card. And with that check, I think that takes him to about 700,000 euros this year on nice year, on, um, on the DP World Tour. And that pretty much almost definitely cements him yeah, into uh, Dubai. 
Yeah. He didn't have full status. So he kept it last year, did he? They were saying that he's just like, he's gone for it because he's played some, he's played seven I weeks on the spin now. I didn't think he had a full now. status this year. I didn't think he kept his card fully last from last year. Yeah, through the challenge tour, I think. Yeah. Was he not on the main tour last year? I think just bits and bobs. Right, okay. Yeah. Talking Good about game. challenge tour, Steve Tiley finished second this week. Go on, Tars. Yes, he yeah. did. He was yeah. texting me last week, oh, I'm done, mate, I'm done. <laughs> I'm 40, I'm, you know, I'm not making any money and he's, now he's come second and he's all chipper. The short game doctor. Yeah, he's been desperate to get on the pod. He's texted me three times a week. Has he? Yeah, yeah. Well, now he's had a good finish. We'll get him on. <laughs> Do, doing bits. Doing, doing bits. bits. Yeah, he's he's amazing, Tyler. You know, he just keeps going. You know, he's. I think I played amateur golf with him. He's forty-one. Hits it straight. Doesn't hit a long way. Just got a mega short game. He's just started his. He started firing up his Instagram and the short game doctor. That's it. Yeah. Doing all his funny little videos and so forth. So he's worth a little follow on the Instagram. I think, I think it's on there. And he's, he's got a, a mustard short game. We used to call him Major Tiley because he, he's qualified for four British Opens. He just has this knack of being able to do that. So worth a follow and uh, hopefully we'll get him on the next couple of weeks. We'll get him and Todd on together. We'll be quite funny, I reckon. Yeah, we'll chat. Yeah. You know, just be Tiley dropping jokes and, and Todd's laugh all the way through it. Todd's <laughs> birthday today, to be fair. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course yeah. it is, yeah. Happy he's birthday, a, TC. Yeah, boy. Need to dig out some sort of random embarrassing picture for him. Yeah, I've got, got loads of those. Plenty of those. What have you got? <laughs> <laughs> Do you not remember that night we went uptown and we had me, you and him, he just got right bent up, didn't he? I took him out with a train. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've leave that story for when he's on, Yeah, I think. So he's yeah, happy birthday, Todd. He had another solid week, I think, didn't he? He just started. Uh, he made the cut. I think he, he actually shot seven under to make the cut on the number, which was impressive. And but finished down the field a little bit, but you know he'll, he'll bounce back. He'll be, he'll work his way up. He's got his card now, so that's cool. Um, anyway, moving on. We've had a great golf trip coming up, and it's really got got the juices flowing. Anyone got any golfing trips coming up? Um, we've got golfing days coming up. Ooh, have we? Go you, on then. You got your golfing day on uh, the fourteenth of September where you've got Zane and friends for the uh, ZS Invitational, which would be good. We've got um, the Bear Tiger UK launch on the October the 7th, which will um, which will be really good for 60 invites. And then, uh, then we've got Vegas on the 8th of, of October, which will be the Bear Tiger Ryder Cup team against some Americans. So that'll be pretty good. So, yeah, we've got some pretty cool stuff coming up okay. in the next few weeks. Nice. So, uh, to add some detail, so we've got Friends of the Bear Tiger event, which is going to be played at Wisley. Small event that with uh, you know, people in within the golfing industry. Then the, the event on the 7th is at the Grove. Is that right, James? Yeah. 60 players? 60 players. And we've got some uh, members that have always signed up. They're going to be playing the GOATs we've members. got some of the GOATs, yeah. And then I think the GOATs have got some friends and some other people come along and other people that have been interested or following the project for a little while now. Yeah, which would be pretty good. Bacon what's the, rolls. What's the format going to be? Have we decided on it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'd be like bacon rolls and arrival. I think um, just to let you and Josh know now, you'll be doing some seminar stuff. <laughs> nice. um, so I think Josh probably at bombs and Zed probably give a short game masterclass or a bit of verse to verse. And then there'll be an there'll be I think a team. I washed my hair that day. There'll be a team and team and individual. <laughs> that shouldn't take long. Um, there'll be a team and an individual for eighteen holes. Bit of cart golf. Then back for a barbecue on the uh, on the veranda. Hopefully the weather holds out. Everyone tuck their shirts in, hats on the right way around. No music on the buggy. Nah, that I sort know. of stuff. That's, that's old school. <laughs> you get the old uh, JBL flip out. Get some Drake on. And then Vegas. I mean, what's the, what's the schedule there? 
Because you, 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 you were saying about you wanted to get us playing golf the day after we arrive, we're going to be absolutely effed. <laughs> well, you get all the time back in the air, so... Oh, thanks so much. So after you arrive, you can deal with jet lag by just getting right amongst it, get in the casino, have a few gin and tonics. Wet Republic. Wet get Republic. I, I, I was trying to remember... Can't that, just be zoomed in? I was trying to remember the place that would be the game changer <laughs> for Zane. And there's, it um, won't be Vegas, trust me. And I remember it's called Dre's, D-R-A-I-S. And uh, it's it's a night it's a club that he'll absolutely adore. It's like liquid Sutton, but like warm <laughs> on a Sunday. <laughs> is that doing, I'm forty is that now. I don't do night clubs. <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, it's just all old school uh, hip hop. Yeah, and uh, yeah. I've got that on my phone. Yeah, that's all right. Well, the DJ might let you plug your phone in. It'll probably be in in line with what they do. Get on that. Yeah. Then we got ten v ten. Ryder Cup at the uh, the win. And uh, we're trying to sneak in some. Uh, That's some the thing now. Every well. every match dude just becomes a Ryder Cup now, doesn't it? And there's only a Ryder. We've got a Ryder Cup in there. Ryder Cup over here. Let's have it. Let's have it. I'm hearing a lot of good stuff about that golf course. Oh, it's in elite, mate. Yeah, yeah. In elite. It's a joke. And then the following day, I think we're so going to do give some film. We're yeah. going to do some. We're going to do some filming. Tell us about it. Um, Yumi and Zed, and then because uh, Sparksy's coming. And then um, and we'll try and play tips, because if we can play tips, the tent hole almost tees off the casino floor. Wee. Yeah. It's 7,400 yards, past 71 from memory. What, what are the green speeds? I think about 12.263. Is it Poanya? It's a blue sesamia. Blue sesamia. <laughs> it's our cocktail. Sounds like something in Subway. <laughs> no, that's the, that's the grass that Carl Spackler creates on uh, Caddyshack. Ah, Knowledge. Yeah, it's, it's 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 a it's a really 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 top track. It's lovely. I mean, nice. you'd hope so for eight hundred bucks around, wouldn't you? Any heads gone this week? Well, I sort of briefly had one earlier, didn't I? Yeah, James. James is he's, he chucked his in early. Mark, got any for us? Oh, I'm just trying to think now. There must be something going on at your renovation that's caused a raven out. Um, well, we're ne- we're nearly there, I suppose. What about the estate agents in Asia. Oh yeah, I can have a head gone with, uh, <laughs> with them. What? I did, there's too much swearing involved with <laughs> with them. Uh, off the top of my head, I haven't got a head's gone. If anyone else has got one, and then I'll, I'll try and. Well, I've got a bit of a bomb for you. Go on, then. I had uh, one of my cars stolen from outside my house. Nicked. Have some of that. Can't believe it. So, um, with the amount of followers we got and listeners to this you podcast, get it back. Um, <laughs> if you see a red, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here's the number plate. Get out and yeah. look for it. But um, nah, it's a bit annoying, but. Just, just be nice, people. It's not completely gone. It's insured. Yeah, it's insured. It's a bit of a thing these days, isn't it? Cars being nicked. My dad had top two sold this year. Jesus. But it's, it's the um, stop-start remote thing. So I think these people just get this, like, I don't know what it is. They can just, without the key, just get into your car and just go. Shocker, tell, if you don't have you, you've got your keys in a cage, you? Locking. Because yeah. they get the, uh, the signal. If the signal's close enough or they can get their, their reader close enough, to wherever your keys are in the house, they can take the signal and off they go. And then they've got, once they start it up, they've got a, a piece of gear that keeps the signal alive. It keeps the engine running because normally if the key goes too far mm. from the car, that's mm. it. Did you nick my car, Mark? <laughs> you know a lot about it. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I did warn you. I told you to get a cage a couple of weeks ago, so I gave you fair warning. Oh. Yeah, so, yeah, you need a cage really if you've got one of those. But it's the stuff in the car the is more the heads yeah. off. You know, yeah. like. Just little things like sunglasses, baby seat. Yeah. yeah. Everything's extra. I had some chewing gum left in there. Yeah. yeah. I finished that. That's a couple of pounds and the uh, change. Yeah. Well, I don't yeah. know how this, I forgot this actually. My head's gone is that 
we had the skip cleared off the drive and so we'd get the other car on now and there must have been something left on the drive. I've cleaned it up, but two new tyres required on the Tiguan. Both got nails, massive. One had a, two nails in it so and one had a massive cut on the inside wall. Like literally you couldn't, I had to fill it up every petrol station just to get home because it would go completely flat. So head's gone because those on there, you've because I'm, I'm leasing the car, the same tyre's got to go on. And of course it's a Conti Sport. It's, so <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, that, that's my head's gone. It's, it's spending money on stuff that is just totally unnecessary. You don't think about mm. it day to day, do you? They're just black circles, mm. but that that's my head's gone. Yeah. Black circles. I moved Excellent. back into my actual house. I had a, head, a personal head's gone and I automatically walked into 25 grand's worth of repairs that need doing like, instantaneously. Cheers. Cheers. I was like, thanks very much for that. Was our net, is our net there or? I think it is, yeah. Okay. I'm glad you worried about that. That's right. Then. With well, 25 that's, grand that's, problem. I say it's 400 quid, doesn't it? Oh, where are we going to put <laughs> it? The mat down. Oh, we'll, we'll find somewhere. Put it out in the driveway. I've got, I've got a uh, head's gone for Scheffler's caddy. Did you see on the uh, broadcast yesterday, he walked into and knocked over the bag three times on that yeah. back nine. Did you see that? Yeah, I did see it, that. Mad. Yeah. He's, at, uh, by the way, I'm he's knocking a, over your office. He's such a nice guy. I got, uh, I had breakfast Head's with him. Head's got. Uh, yeah, had breakfast with him a couple of days in in at the JP. He was really? staying in the same hotel. Such a nice guy. Really? Yeah, yeah. And it, you he's just, a good golfer as well. Is he? I don't yeah, know. He's a real golfer. I I didn't actually know when we sat down for on the first day. I didn't actually know he was Scotty's caddy. We were just started chatting, and then you know, with, mm. and then it gets to that. But yeah, super understated. Really nice guy. You just wouldn't know. I think that's their theme. Really, is they're just good guys going about their business. Yeah. So yeah, but that's. If he had a head's gone, that would be it. I think, why did I walk into the bag three times? You got a head's gone, Zed. No, I mean, you guys are really bringing the vibe down. So I'm just going to say, no, I've had a great week. I had a lovely, <laughs> lo- a- lovely trip to Old Head, uh, which was just amazing to get to, you know, I, I don't know if it's a getting older thing, but you just really appreciate being around your mates and good people mm. going to good spots, which has really made me think about, you know, what other golf trips we can do and we're going to go on. I know that... Some big goat trips next it year. Seem, it seems like... Uh, the next thing there, rider is going to be a lot lonely. We were going to have a discussion on the group chat yesterday and JLT just went, everyone can come with me to Lot Lomond if you want. And everyone went, yep, that's that. <laughs> yeah. Lock <laughs> Conversation and over. That, yeah, that was yeah. all done. Made so. himself tour director as well, I think. Pretty. Um, yeah, well, the last one didn't even turn up, did he? Yeah, sorry, I did my job. Some point, didn't um, I? Just to finish on a, on a bit of a golf pervy high in, in the TBTC chat this week, and I'd be really interested to get your free insights really quickly if we've got enough time. We had what's the best golf club you've ever owned throughout your entire existence? Like what's the one particular club that you remember, whether it be a putter, a driver, an iron or whatever it was, but like, you know, what was the, um, what was the best club you ever had? Mine was a Freewood 200 series V steel with a Graffaloi blue X flex high launch shaft. It was vulgar. I wish it worked. When it snapped, I had a proper, I had a tears out uh, moment, but yeah, Mark. Mine is my current driver, the M, uh, M2 driver. I've had that in the bag for so long and I cannot get away from it. It's, I've never Your even... Your M2 is my favourite club because when we do the videos, you'd hit it straight every time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had that built yeah, some time ago and I've never even wanted to look at someone. You know, normally when you, you're playing, you pick a, the clubs out of the bag and I never pick anyone's driver up because I'm just like, I just, I'm not bothered. Like, my one's mustard. So yeah, I would have to say, I know it's mad that it's current, but even looking back, I can't find anything that tops that. It's pure. My current five wood, yeah, is is an absolute uh, it's weapon. Fucking, it's ridiculous that golf. As you, if you would see in uh, some of the videos that we've done so far, and you got my what's in the bag coming out, I'm sure soon, and that's um, it's in there. 
But my method, my Nike method putter from the oven, it was a prototype um, that they literally molded and made for me there um, after going on all the systems and everything like that. And I've had all my best results with that putter. That is also up there for me. Dead. Decent. Um, I've had loads of good clubs, to be honest. <laughs> really hard to read now, now one down. My wedge. Your wedge is pretty decent. <laughs> loads of putters that I've liked. It's hard to nail one down, really. I think just for a banter, really, I would say the one that I've got a three-wood that I swapped with Jack Kenny in the junior medal. It had a regular regular shaft and a TP15 three-wood Mizuno thing with a Torak grip. He had to swing really slow and it would go straight. So, yeah, I would say <laughs> that one. But, yeah, but I've had so many good clubs, to be honest with you. And I've had good times with a certain club. And you have that little feeling, don't you? Can you remember a shot you hit or maybe you qualify for something or you won something? It's probably too many to mention. Not your ERC driver back in the day? Yeah, that, that had his moments. Those, they've those all, they've all had their moments, yeah. There's just, we've chatted about these in the past, haven't we? Um, yeah, they've all been good. Actually, I've been looking at getting some some new clubs. When I said new clubs, I've been looking at getting a set of like, after the, the poll we had with Jack Norman and going through like eBay and getting like old classical clubs or clubs, clubs you've had in the past. I've been looking on eBay, at picking up just like for a little bit of an extra fun set. Yeah been going through some old clubs there's definitely some some clubs when you're when you know 12 13 14 you can't get because you can't afford them because your dad won't give you the you know the 200 quid or whatever it is or it's not close enough to a birthday or a christmas and now you're thinking oh, i can get those now yeah. i've got i'm gonna call my dad now to let me, let me 180 quid so i'm maybe gonna build a little set of clubs little ebay set of clubs which maybe do a little post on at some point that'd be quite good fun is he still rocking his uh like, you know, just his golf perv kind of bag. Now he's not sort of using a tour set, like his, his old Titleist blade and his, you know. Yeah, I actually chatted to him about that this week. He's got his old rogue driver and he's got a set of old Titleist blades. And I was like, that's really cool that. He goes, oh, I just I can't afford the new ones. Because, you know, having spent his whole life being given golf clubs and yeah. then now, now to buy a new set of clubs, is, is, is really a brand new set of clubs is, a, is quite a lot of money. But yeah, you can do the whole eBay thing, go in and, you know, a bit of mix and match go on and get some pretty cool stuff. I'm in the market as well for some new clubs now. So. Like you? Well, I went into uh, see Also, your... the reason you haven't had the main clubs this year because you haven't played much golf. Well, I went to see your friend at Tita Green, and he was he he was very generous with uh, the money he gave me for the um for the old bits and bobs in the carriage. Yeah. So, do you um, get those clubs off the skip? No, nah, left those in there. That was, like, was good hundred quid there. That was that was my famous. I went round to his house. He just got. Oh, there's clubs on the skip, like nice and like tightless wedges and all sorts on there. Could paid, that could have paid for the skip. That wasn't new tightless wedges, but his yeah, old shaft. Had three or four rounds in them. <laughs> was, it, was a rescue on there from the Sunny Dale Foursomes? <laughs> no, that went to T degree. Did it? Yeah. Yeah, no. So um, I think I think I think I'm thinking about Taylor Maids. So. Oh, yeah. Why is that? Is that because Rory just won? No, I've been yeah, I, that, that fanboying to the max that is I sent you that image the um a little while ago do you remember I didn't know that they did which image be careful what you say uh yeah no dick pics the uh tone right down (laughs) the blade the 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 TP blade and the MC and uh, I was like oh they got they do these in left hand now you're like yeah they look good so um, I want to go and try those you'll have Richie Mansell's back when he's (laughs) soon full set of Wilson's on their way yeah (laughs) he's tightless now is he is that been the upturn in his golf reckon? I don't know was it the message you sent him? What shaft has Richard Mansell got on his driver, James? Uh, I'd be on Aventus, actually. Like the other 40% that use it, like Zane said. Mm, I reckon you know every spec. <laughs> I don't, I generally don't. And he's, he'd be using a tier, he's been, he used a Titleist driver for a long time. Goes, yeah. He used a Titleist driver when he was a Wilson player. So I imagine he's still using the driver. But I, I can't remember what shaft it was. Swings it too fast. 
What is the best driver on the market? Well, this Callaway, this this ST, like people are going crazy for it. Um, Stealth's obviously done really well, um, and you had you know the final group using it yesterday. But everywhere I look or ask, people say this Callaway is the real deal. But a lot of people are quite sort of bullish on this Titleist uh, TSR that's come out, and, and they've obviously had a lot of wins. Cameron Smith's used it. Cameron Young's used it all year. So I think those three are the uh, are leading the market at the moment. One thing I will say quickly before we finish, actually, was because a couple of people have. Americans used to think that Shrixon equipment was quite funny. Like it was almost like a like a bit of a meme in the past. And that's completely gone out of the marketplace now. They're really, really recognised as a proper top hardware producing um, company now. And they're just accumulating more and more golfers now. And they are like full bag as well. So. Good ball. Good ball as well. Zed Star. Yeah, he's a good ball. Well, there's lots of good stuff out there. And there's a lot of good stuff in that podcast. Happy, happy to be hosting you boys. And uh, thank you for... Sharing your thoughts on the world of golf. Cheers, Ed, man. Pleasure as always. Thank you, Zane. And we're going to really struggle next week because there's no golf tournaments. Look forward to chatting to next week. <laughs> there must be some cool stuff we can do then. About Richard Mansell. <laughs> Friends. <laughs>